Welcome back, everybody, to the Close to the Mark podcast. We're here in week six with episode five, getting close to the mark once again. This is Charles. I'm Corey here. And we are so happy to be back recording a new episode of the Close to the Mark podcast. Um, apologies for missing a week. Uh, just to let you guys know, I had uh, some unexpected travel come up in my schedule and was forced to um, to head to All In World to Chicago Um and back now, um, so ready to get back into discussing the news and major events and happening in the world of professional wrestling. Um, starting things off, there's really only one story that, that is going to dominate all others. Big money. Money. Commas, money zeros. Yeah. Money. I mean, so the, the, the story of stories to me as a wrestling fan who grew up in the era of WWE and WCW and remembers the Ted Turner purchase and ownership, the TBS Superstation, TNT, Monday Nitro, the Monday Night Wars, Vince McMahon talking about Ted Turner calling him up and saying, well, Vince, I guess I'm in the wrestling business now. And Vince said, well, that's funny, Ted, because... I'm in the entertainment business. Was that a real segment? That's a real thing. That oh, Vince, Vince McMahon God. recounts that conversation throughout his life. That that Ted Turner called him up and said they were going to be competitors in the wrestling world. And here was scrappy underdog Vince McMahon going up against the billionaire Ted. Uh, he said, I'm in the entertainment business. He said, I'm in the entertainment business. Ultimately, he's won the Monday Night War. And, I mean, in terms of like wrestling lore Vince McMahon is now on paper worth more than Ted Turner. So even in kayfabe and real life he's beaten him. He has beaten Ted Turner and apologies to CM Punk but he's a double billionaire who ought to be a billionaire. Yeah. Oh my god. CM Punk's pipe bomb is done. The pipe bomb is over. Because Vince McMahon is just a billionaire dropped. who should be a billionaire. Hush your mouth, little boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the long game, the Vince McMahon game. wins. That's crazy. So that's so crazy. So obviously, what we're referring to is is this week it was announced that a deal has been reached in which in October of 2019, SmackDown will now go to the Fox Network at a deal that's valued at $205 million per year over a five-year deal. And, uh, of course, the USA Network could not lose both Raw and SmackDown, so they felt it was necessary prior to that to place a bid for somewhere between 220 to $240 million per year for Raw um, over a five-year deal as well. So from October of 2019... Raw and SmackDown will be worth somewhere between $425 million total per year. I want to know how... It's, it's wrestling runs once a week on USA Network, right? Mm-hmm. So there's 52 shows a year on USA Network. Uh-huh. They're three hours apiece. Right. Call and take. So how many, how many minutes are in three hours? 300, right? 180. Oh, mercy. All right, so 52 times 180... That means they air 9,360 minutes of TV a year on USA Network. Mm-hmm. At $240 million divided by 9,680, they're paying 25 grand 
per minute. That is quality TV. That's so thing. Next time, next time you see a segment in <laughs> which Sammy Zayn drags out three grown men in dresses <laughs> pretending to be Bobby Lashley's sisters, mm-hmm. just remember that's twenty five thousand dollar a minute television. Twenty five thousand dollar a minute television. I mean, think about all the weird stuff they've done. Yeah, and they're like twenty five grand for that minute. For that minute, like how? How many times has like somebody walked around the ring saying nothing, just letting the fans chant like "You deserve it," or you know, like if I'm Vince, I'm saying say something. Yeah, Yeah, like just having the crowd chant for a minute. If I'm Vince, I'm sitting still though. If I'm the executive of the USA Network. I'm biting my teeth like, yeah. oh my god, guys, you need to do something. And that's – so that's the interesting thing is like by all accounts, you know, the networks, they pay for the show and they're hands off on the content yeah. and the talent. So essentially, like obviously the shows could be canceled, you know, if, Which, they're, if they don't perform in the ratings, they could be canceled. But in a very real sense, if Vince McMahon – like if he sold out right now – if he sold complete ownership of the company right now, but somehow like still had the position to run the TV week to week, like I mean, we could see the most utterly phoned-in television. It, it would be unimaginable. There's a chance we see just horribly unmotivated. Who who was the dude? Maybe it was the cornet guy. I don't pay attention to old guys as much, but he had that post on Twitter. He was like, "Have you ever seen of a?" A mega time author make that breakthrough novel. Right, yeah. Is that Cornette? That was Cornette. That and talked and about. I said, that's a kind of a good point because these guys literally have squashed the idea. It's a monopoly now. Well, like there's no argument. There's no argument to be had. Sure. Period. Well, the problem, and, and a lot of people talked about the problem with Cornette's argument. I, I followed the Twitter thread tr- too, um, is that usually, like, any master artist, like, their masterpiece doesn't come at the beginning. Their work progressively gets better and better. You know, it's not like, it's not like, um, you know. I feel like Drake just is always making good music now. Well, when he first came out, he was trash. So I would say, I would say, like, better examples would be, like, you know, um, Somebody like even 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 somebody who's considered like a, a a very populist author like a Stephen King, The Stand was not the first book he ever wrote, you know. And um, you know, like even even if you think of like the great Renaissance painters and artists, you know, their best work wasn't when they were students. Can you I know? ask you a question? What is Baroque painting? Uh, well, the, the, so the Baroque period is, is you know, and I, I can't tell you off the top of my head exactly what the dates are of the Baroque era. I'm sure Google could help us out with that. But, I just know the word. I always thought it was barbecue when I was in middle school, <laughs> but it's Baroque. Right. Um, so it's just essentially it's 17th and 18th century European architecture, music, and art. And it's characterized by being very ornate. Um, and so, you know... Dull? What? Is ornate dull? No, no, like, I mean, in fact, the opposite. Like, almost overdone in its... Like Bobby Roode's entrance. In Yes. It's glorious. That's Baroque. <laughs> all right, all right. 
say it's not my bad. Well, so I mean, I would just say, like, you know, your great, your greatest artists, um, you know, usually they they get they they build on their talent and they improve over time, and usually what's considered someone's masterpiece. You know, and, and the argument should have been made that, like, what we may be seeing now is a decline because Vince McMahon is in his declining years. I'm well, sure he would argue differently, but I think. Let me ask you this: if if you use the argument you just used, and you apply that time scale to Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. is this TV deal his masterpiece? His masterpiece? Oh, absolutely. So I now mean, it should go downhill. The, yes. Yes, and I now I don't think we're going to get. So we've seen the best rest. So the best wrestling we've ever seen, the best entertainment. Sorry, Vince, we've ever had in our entire life is behind us now. Well, I don't. So I don't think that's necessarily true either. I think you have to like, you have to think of things in terms of beyond just what he produces and puts out there, and you have to think of the legacy that's built upon his work, because when you when you when you have a renaissance, the whole idea is that the the techniques and the methodologies and the new ways of doing things have heightened the quality of the art form overall. And so you get, you know, you get new master sculptors and painters who learn at the feet of, See, of greatness. I don't know, man. I think you're mis misunderstanding the Cornet tweet, and maybe everyone is. Maybe I'm the only one that actually understands. Well, thank you, cool for you. But uh, he's saying the innovation only comes from when your back's against the wall and when you're sucking. So, like, imagine, imagine, uh, I don't know. Imagine we're doing whatever and we're struggling real bad. We've been doing it one way and we're struggling real bad. We're doing it one way. And we're struggling. You got two choices. One, well, three, I guess. Keep doing what you're doing. One, two, quit. Three is just to think of this outside the box, new way to do it and take this different approach. And when you do that and it hits, that's true innovation. And I would. And so that's what he's saying happens when we're back to the wall. I don't think we'll get that again because they just did it. Stop. I think it'll come from a different source. And I think it, what you're saying is very similar to what uh, Les Thatcher. Um, said on Wrestling Weekly, mm-hmm. which is that you you know WWE is the WWE. Their back will never be up against a wall mm-hmm. ever. They have five hours mm-hmm. of prime time television now coming in October 2019 on one of the best rated networks on cable and one of the major national networks over the air broadcast network. Is is it going to be 3 hours SmackDown? It's probably going to be 2 just because it is airing on Fox and and Fox primetime ends at 10 o'clock for the 10 o'clock news. Oh yeah. So presumably 8 I, to 10. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting questions is whether it'll be live. Um, well, I've heard I've heard it's I heard it's going to be East Coast is going to be back 3 hours. It's going to be recorded and played back for them on the East Coast. It's going to be 8 to 10. No matter where you live. Oh, so West the West Coast gets a delay. West Coast, yeah, 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 yeah. Mercy, yeah. West Coast gets a delay. Okay. Well, so so what Les Thatcher was saying though is, if you're WWE, you have five hours of primetime television programming, mm-hmm. and now you have two billion dollars, or you know, I mean, a billion dollars over five years for those two shows. 
Um, that's so much money. That's a lot of money. That's commas so in the bank. Commas folks. in the bank. But good God, man. But um, that's three commas. Yeah. Let me ask you this real quick. If I hate to go sidetrack, if you're if you're Roman Reigns mm-hmm. and you see Vince make this big deal, right? Do you go to Vince and you're like, I need a raise? You see, I main evented four WrestleManias, bro. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I probably, I probably, I would figure that number one, Roman Reigns is probably paid pretty well. Compar- uh, comparatively, if you think, what what percentage of people do you think Vince believes bought a ticket to see Roman Reigns to WrestleMania? Ten percent, five percent. I I think for WrestleMania, I mean, like I well, think anybody would have to admit, like. It sells out regardless. It's very yeah. Almost nobody buys a ticket. For what if you and me main event to WrestleMania? Would it still sell out? Yeah. You really think so? Absolutely. If you and me re- main event to WrestleMania, I think even if it was announced that we were going to be the main event of WrestleMania 35, it would still sell out. What pose would you take in the promo picture? Um, I mean, it just depends. Like, I, I, I guess I personally would probably go with like one of the throwback like. You know, yeah, like the Jack, like uh, remember how the Simon Gotch and yeah, and Jack yeah, Gallen but that was like the that was yeah, like the like fisticuffs pose. I'd probably I'd probably go with one of like the you know the vintage you know eighties bodybuilding poses that they used to do. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen bring that? Both the arms over. <laughs> have you ever seen that meme that's going around the internet when it's the what's the girl, the grown woman like squaring up with the little girl? Oh no, it's. She's just like this. Let's go. And it's a picture of like a grown woman fighting like a four-year-old girl. That's the pose I would take. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was thinking you were talking about how like they had the muscle cam at that one like it was a football game and they had the muscle cam. And so the dude gets up on the muscle cam, he starts flexing and posing. Okay. And then the woman right behind him is like, no, get the hell out of the way. And she starts oh. posing and she breaks out the gun show. Yeah, put him to shame. He I like, feel like our promos would be good. Well, yeah. So how do we make Because we would we would we would say, like, folks, we're the main events of WrestleMania. Do you think Vince McMahon? Did that for no reason? Do you think he did that because he's got $2 billion in the bank and no. he can do whatever he wants? He did that because they want to see Corey Sullivan. They need an opponent. He did that because he <laughs> said, Corey and Charles. Corey, not Charles. Okay, all right. We're about to have a chat, son. Don't you talk to me like that because I'll do you nasty. Listen, okay. there's he levels said, of this. You can talk. You guys listen here. Charles sounds real good. He can get these hands. Oh. Okay. So... <laughs> We come out, we say, or I say, like, Corey and Charles are having a match at WrestleMania. I, Vince McMahon, was fortunate enough to sign them up to have a match at WrestleMania. The only stage big enough for this match to happen. And the only spot on the card this match can be is the main event. Because nothing else on the WrestleMania card can stand up to this. That's, you know... Plain and simple. Now I'm staring at a woman who is very evidently telling a toddler, a toddler wearing a matching outfit that her mom lovingly prepared, while this grown woman is ready to strike this toddler in the face. That's what my pose would be. 
for, for, the, for the WrestleMania match. We would definitely sell out. And I strongly encourage you, I'm assuming you just Google... You just type in girl fighting baby meme. Girl fighting baby meme. Okay, fine. just do that right now. If you Yo, have. but there's, there's questions. Like, uh, they, they put different... Posts on a different uh, taglines, and it's like it's like when your uh, when your third grade teacher yells at you, then you mutter something under your breath. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's keep We're, going. Sorry. This this oh, let's keep going. Let's this keep show going. is twenty five thousand dollar a minute podcasting <laughs> oh, right was, here. Right, this is going to be this is going to be episode 5 the week in wrestling slash the $25,000 a minute wrestling podcast. Lock it in. Okay. Oh, so, man. I mean, it's it's such a big story but but what so getting back to to the idea of like where do we go from here? So, if you're if you're on one of the independent wrestling promotions and you know like there's a titan out there Folks, by the way, just so you know, like if you're if you're not from the '80s, uh, like me, um, Vince McMahon actually started a company called Titan Sports to be like one Did of the really? yeah to be one of the uh, to be one of the arms of World Wrestling Entertainment, and uh, it was like part of the video production uh, company of God. World Wrestling. So Titan Sports, like he saw all this coming a long time ago. When's the last time Vince took an actual L? An actual L. I think it's because people dog him all the time and they say he's out of touch. They say all that. But, like, always in hindsight, he was always ahead of the game. I'm sure some sexual harassment thing will come out soon because that's just the trend right now. I, uh, you know, I almost, I almost feel like. Especially in his business. Yeah, but you know 100% with Vince McMahon, like, you know 100% that it's true. But at the same time. Hold like, on, you know 100% that it's happening? Yeah, no way. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, don't treat him like that. Give I mean, the man a fair shake. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, what, the angles the dude has worked on television yeah. as a quote-unquote performer, like, he was getting even, ignore, even ignoring, like, the multitude of rumors that have been out there over the years, which, I mean, has I'm not going to... Has been rumor? Well, of course, but... No way. But, um... No, they're... Like, who? Well, we're not going to get into, like, okay. actually saying any of that stuff, but... But, like, even the stuff he was willing to do, like, poking fun at himself, like, I would say, you know, the Vince McMahon philosophy is, like, dial it up to 100, you know? So like just do it. Just, like, amplify it. And I think the things he's chosen to amplify oh. about himself and the fact that he's a genetic jackhammer and he's yeah. got the Vince McMahon grapefruits... <laughs> Like I think a genetic jackhammer. Yeah, that's Vince McMahon, the genetic jackhammer. <laughs> I'm sorry, a genetic. I'm gonna use that from now on. Okay. The genetic jackhammer. Yes. So that's probably why he had the edge of Lita, why he wanted Lita actually naked in the bed. Live sex celebration. Turn it up to a hundred. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so I mean, if you're if you're on the independence. If you're on, well, so I I do want to answer your question. I had an answer for you. Um, I would say, I mean, I would say, arguably, Mayweather McGregor, in a sense, is an L for Vince McMahon. The fact that it happens and he's not a part of promoting that cross sports entertainment extravaganza, um, really not involved at all. No piece. You of mean the pie. like be a wrestler? Like it should have been a WWE event? Like, I mean, the fact that like by the time that it did happen. You know, it was still happening 
under the auspices of UFC and boxing. You know, UFC got yeah. a part of it. Uh, and I think, I think just going – extending that idea generally, the success that UFC had mm-hmm. in, in the 2000s, a lot of it has – uh, you know, partly been it's cost Vince McMahon. It's been at the expense of Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the strength of the USC, UFC pay per view product is still there. Yeah, WWE doesn't do pay per view anymore. Yeah, good point. So now nine ninety nine, nine ninety nine, you get everything, including WrestleMania. Um, which, interestingly enough, another discussion they're having is the, the possibility that WrestleMania could go. Uh, to broadcast television because I mean no shoot way. well if Smackdown is worth 200 million a year and Raw is worth 200 million a year how much was WrestleMania worth a year? Uh, I don't know it might be worth more than the amount of money they make on the network for WrestleMania you're kidding so but, the paper is the now is, is WWE the forefront because I know Meltzer was talking about Meltzer was talking about a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago actually they were talking about WWE like people, even people that don't watch wrestling and are involved, don't know anything about it. They don't understand that WWE is really the pioneer and the forefront of so much of you know the stuff they're doing today. Stuff from that they were doing from the XFL in the first run is very relevant today. The streaming service and everything like that is very relevant today. Like it's a good place to go to see what the mass will look like later. And I think it's very telling that like Vince McMahon is trying to figure out. How to produce content that works globally. Yeah. And I think what people don't understand about like the new XFL is that Vince already has inroads to television production in China, in India, in Brazil, in emerging television markets all over the world. Now, a lot of these people in these countries already watch the Super Bowl. So they have an idea of such a thing as American football, but they don't watch it week to week. Mm-hmm. And the NFL, you know, is not a huge overseas international sport the way that soccer is. Yeah, and I'm saying ballpark. But if you create something that's like more exciting, more flashy, more entertaining as a version of football that you can export to all those countries, maybe you have a hit product on your hands. Yeah, but there's, I mean, I don't want to go too far sideways, but. There is a 0% chance XFL competes in any way with the NFL. You're absolutely right. But, but following that idea... But like, it could be... It could, be, it could own second. The, th- point, the point being that like, if, you're in, if you're in television distribution and, and production right now, if you want to follow that logic of if you want to know where the ball is going, follow Vince McMahon. Yeah, exactly. Then any product you're putting out there... You should know how you're going to market that product, not just in the United States, not just in countries where you know English is spoken fluently and they can follow the English broadcast commentary. But when you see big WWE pay-per-view events, uh, Hindi announced team, um, the the um, Mandarin Funaku Funako Funaki. Funaki, sorry. Smackdown, number one announcer. Smackdown, number one. <laughs> uh, Funaki, the Japanese announced team. The German announced team. The French announced team. The Spanish announced team with their their tables that are always Rest getting destroyed. Reason. Real quick, when did Shinsuke <clears throat> relearn English? I think he just spends a lot of time on Twitter. You okay. Pick up, you pick up a lot. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. A lot of words on Twitter. There is so, so many, many words, words on Twitter. So many words. <laughs> Symbols as well. 
Yeah, you but, know, just but a broad idea. But, but if you're uh, following that extension of like how to, you know, like if you're if you're wanting to emulate success, you do what what Vince McMahon's doing as far as you know his distribution model and everything like that. Um, if you're if you want innovation, mm-hmm. you're not going to get that from WWE. You're you're not going to get, um, you know, something you've never seen before that will not come from WWE. But Jinder Mahal is the WWE heavyweight champion of the world, baby. Well, innovation at its finest. Well, what you're going to what you're going to see is the folks who are out there competing on independent promotions. They are going to be the ones who see this is what's on Raw, this is what's on SmackDown. What we give our fans needs to be completely different. Needs to be something they don't see every week on television. It doesn't exist. Well, so we will innovate. We will make things happen on the independent scene that won't happen in WWE. Is, now, is Will Ospreay the innovation you're speaking of, or Ricochet? They are. Like, is that innovation? Do you think though, or is that? Well, a lot of it is. I feel like innovation implies it's better and it's going to be widely adopted as normal later. I think I think you'll see a lot of things will change. Now, you know, the the fundamentals of pro wrestling should be held on to because it is what allows for um, you know a for a Braun Strowman to have a match with a Finn Balor because you have one guy who's traveled the world, um, you know, as an innovator in technique and offense, and you have one guy who came up entirely through. WWE developmental and still honestly isn't very much of a professional wrestler he's just huge but those two guys can have a match and the reason they can have a match is because of the fundamentals of pro wrestling but but uh, but Alexa Bliss and Ajax can had to do it sorry I had to do it had to do it. I'm still salty about that yeah alright but in any case but you'll see you'll yeah. see innovation on the smaller level you'll see innovation that starts I think the moves have innovated the most, man. Well, I mean, you never know what you can see because when you have companies out there, and 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 you really have to be honest when when WWE television is getting a billion dollars per show for two primetime shows, two billion dollars for two shows over five years. Like Ring of Honor is not a major wrestling company. No, like PWG, the bar is so like much PWG and Evolve and TNA and Black Label Pro, like it doesn't matter how big these companies get in their own minds. Let's face reality, they're not major pro wrestling companies. Yeah, yeah the bar is so high now. So there's still plenty of room for you to be a Ring of Honor and have your own television show. And there's no reason why we can't see things on your wrestling show that are innovative, that WWE's never done before. And there's no reason why those things don't start to show up on the independents, don't start to show up elsewhere in the world. And there's no reason why they don't someday work them their way into WWE developmental and maybe someday the match that you created in Ring of Honor happens in a WWE ring. But I don't think we're going to have a steel cage match in WWE where... You get outside of the cage and hit a button to change the match style or the match ending, okay, well, and then get back in. Call back from Charles. I, Let's I go. don't think I don't think you're going to see that kind of innovation from WWE just because you know. Why take the risk? The formula yeah. it has made them made Vince McMahon a, a multi-billionaire. Who is the top five 
of the last 10 years professional wrestlers? John Cena. John Cena, for sure. I'm not, oh, let me say, let me not say best, because that kind of alludes to No, but things. I understand. But what like popular, is it? Um, so, I mean. Roman Reigns down the list, just because he's so big. Yeah. Um, I mean. Shawn Michaels still? No, um, no, not this decade. Okay. Um, you know, I would say, you know, you probably have to include Brock Lesnar at this okay. point. Um, and, and you might even still say, like, The Undertaker and Randy Orton would make that list. Oh, are those all homegrown talents? Um, I think they are. Well, I mean, it's, it's arguable. Orton surely is. Cena came up through WWE Developmental, Ohio Valley Wrestling. He'd done a little bit of stuff before that, but he was part of the class with... Batista and, and, and Orton um, all came up around the same time. Um, Taker, you know, Taker actually had been with, with um, uh, I think, world-class championship wrestling in, in Texas. I think he'd been with, um, you know, I know he'd been with WCW. Okay. In the, in so four to five at the minimum. Yeah. So do you think if the formula Vince has created and used, the, 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 the bulk of the success of it has come from homegrown talents... Does that mean now that they got this deal moving forward, it's going to be harder or easier to get into WWE as an independent wrestler? Well, so I think it's I think it's going to be much easier to get into WWE as an independent wrestler. Um, it's going to be harder to get on live TV. Well, for one, you're absolutely right about that. In fact, it's hard now, and that you know, like if you if you're an observer subscriber, you've heard Dave Meltzer talk about it this week, but the roster's massive. There's over 100 people in developmental right now. Yeah, that's crazy. And the roster, how big is the roster itself? It's got to be over 80. It's got to be. I think I think I actually kind of threw them and you, you click over 100 at this point, I'm pretty sure. So we're talking like somewhere between like 180, 200 plus people on the roster right now, active. It's crazy to think that we're talking about that like it was a huge number. But if you think WWE is the pinnacle, there's only 200 people on this planet. That are good enough to work for right, the best. Right, but I mean, but like in this situation. think about it in terms of like how many people make it from high school football to college football and how yeah. many people make it from college football to the NFL. And, and you're down to such a tiny number of people who have played football at a, at a competitive level are actually able to do it at a professional level. Yeah. Like yeah. at a world-class level. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, and then there's only a small percentage of people who ever make it to the championship level. Yep. And then so, like Hall of Fame and stuff. It's yeah. crazy. You're like getting the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the one percent of the one percent stuff. You're very, very good. It's stupid good, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's going to be super easy for anybody now to get into the WWE system, as long as you're willing to work their schedule and take what they'll pay you. They, all you probably have to do is is give them a call and ask for a tryout. You now, know, do you know that some of them girls make like forty grand a year? Uh, a lot of people in developmental uh, are making, you know, around that 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 number. Now they don't have they don't have the kind of travel schedule that the full time main roster folks do. You know, a lot of their a lot of their work is all in one place in Florida at full sale. So I guess it's fair. Um, but um, if you're you know if you're talking about um, that kind of roster size, you know, getting in uh, will not be a problem. The problem if if you if you have a problem with it. Is that there's going to be a lot of Kurt Hawkins and Mike Kanellis's, you know? There's going to be a lot of people, like, you, you don't really remember the last time you saw them have a competitive match. I actually do not remember the last time I saw either have a competitive match. Yeah, and, and, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to suffer from that kind of problem. Now, I, you know, 
what disappoints me is is the WWE's seeming inability to build storylines uh, for their main talent. Um, why do we need a Finn Balor versus Braun Strowman, uh, you know, fifteen minute match to close out Monday Night Raw? Why does that have to happen when we could have Finn Balor versus Kurt Hawkins and Braun Strowman versus Mike Kanellis? And we could be building towards a pay-per-view match between Finn and Braun. But that's that's the interesting thing, mm-hmm. is that because of the TV deal that's been signed now, television is where those matches need to happen. Exactly. You need the big ratings on Raw and SmackDown, so you don't want to save Braun versus Finn for pay-per-view. You want Braun versus Finn... Straight up Monday Night Raw main event, and on your pay per view, you can actually have Braun versus Mike Kanellis yeah. because the pay per view doesn't matter. People can subscribe to the network anyway, and even if everybody unsubscribed from the network at this point, even if all the people on Squared Circle who have been making the threat for years, years, years. canceling the network, I'm Cancel. unsubscribing, even if all of them did it tomorrow, wouldn't mean a thing. Nope. Like, I don't even understand. I think as far as we're talking about, like, innovation, I think the next round of innovation is going to have to come from what actually a pay-per-view, a non-live event, I guess. What that, what is the draw to it? Because all their tips are placed at either live TV or the money's at. But pay-per-view has its place. If you want, if you want an idea of where the future of television is going to go, this year... I think it's October of this year, SmackDown is going to have their thousandth episode. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen the thousandth episode of Raw, and we've seen Raw 25. And Raw 25 was obviously a very underwhelming show. Horrible. SmackDown 1000, we'll have to see what happens on that show. They're obviously going to bring out a lot to make it a big show. Hopefully, they lean more towards the side of big main event championship matches on SmackDown 1000 rather than just celebrity guest appearances and, you know... Speeches and entrances. And a backstage skit between The Rock and The Hurricane. Oh, God. But, um... Do you think Pyro comes back? See, I always figured out that they, they got rid of Pyro and entrances to cut money, to make more money. And now they have all the and money. And now they have all the money, but now there's two ways you can think about it. He said, well, maybe I got all this money by being smart and cutting that money. Let's keep doing it. Or you can say, now that I got the money... Let's spend the money and give them this, even though it doesn't help. I think I think the ultimate reasoning there was that Pyro doesn't really put any butts in seats. And the money that you save on Pyro on a per-show basis could actually add on another two or three members to the talent roster. So No, the overly saturated one already. Yeah, but, wh- I mean, like, if you're Vince McMahon, why don't you want all the wrestlers? Well, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Brock's Pyro go off? Or would you rather see Mike Kanellis, uh, Kurt Hawkins, and uh, Epico once every six months on television for three months? I mean, if it's me personally, I'd really I the my one beef is that you have a three hour show that has only a handful of matches every week, yeah. and and that's one of the most annoying things to me about the product is like. It's. I'll tell you. It's probably more more than anything else. 
the simplest explanation of why I'm such a big fan of 205 Live and NXT. Here we go. I'm a wrestling fan, yeah. and those shows are wrestling shows. Wrestling. 205 Live rarely has more than a few minutes in an entire episode that aren't a wrestling match. I'm going to call you Ted Turner. NXT uh, rarely has, you know, uh, I, I mean, this week being the exception, but while they do have backstage segments and promo segments, a lot of NXT is also occupied with wrestling matches. So, so you want you want to be involved in the wrestling industry and Vince is giving you the entertainment, entertainment. industry. Exactly. And, and that's obviously your great group. Yeah. And now I was Triple H in the wrestling industry, if he's the producer of those shows. Well Triple H is the guy who innovated talking for thirty minutes at the beginning of the show. So he's a hundred percent in the entertainment business. But the shows you like are created by him and those happen to be reflections of the wrestling business. I think I think to give WWE fans who are diehard wrestling fans an alternative to the entertainment because you watch the entertainment because you want the wrestling, but you're being starved for the wrestling. So yeah. 205 Live and NXT are where you can actually see wrestling matches. Unless it's having machinery. Yeah. And you can see two men squashes. Well, and so... I mean, is there anything else that we have to say about the 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 money, the SmackDown and Raw TV deals for the next five years, and I where that's changing like the industry? As a beautiful segue, is Vince got his money in the bank? Yeah. So let's move on and talk about the build to Money in the Bank. All right. All right. So let's talk about we got Money in the Bank pay per view coming up. Um, what we already know so far. Um, we have Ember Moon versus Charlotte, Alexa, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, and one more Raw women's entrant in a women's Money in the Bank ladder match. That could be a scary match. Um, of botches. Yeah. Then on the men's side, Braun, Finn, Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, a member of the New Day... Not yet announced, and either Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe will find out. Hold on, did you use a Chad Gable too, right? Nope, no Gable. I thought Gable was in. Nope, no Gable. My man Gable got robbed? He is not in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Didn't he win against Jinder Mahal to get in? Um, he didn't, it I wasn't, it was a qualifier. Of course, we have AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the World Championship. Last man standing. Um, we have um, Carmella versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, let me ask you this. I know you didn't like Carmella Charlotte. So, for you to be happy, okay, let's assume you we watch this match and you end up happy. Is it because it was a two-minute squash that Asuka wins? I, no, I don't need two minutes. But I, for me to be happy, mm -hmm. I need I need the match to start off with Carmella trying something that fails hideously. I need a standoff in the ring with the two standing at least nine feet apart, squaring off against each other, and I need the fans to chant at Carmella. Oscar's gonna kill you. That's Oscar's gotta happen. Gonna I need to hear the crowd tell Carmella that Asuka's gonna kill her. I like Asuka and I like when she wears her mask. Yeah. She's like if if I could have a combination of Asuka and Nikki Cross, that is a 
end. Do you know what I didn't know? I didn't know that um, Io Shirai of uh, I think she's in she's in uh, Shimmer, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I know she's like one of the top Japanese women's wrestlers. Mm-hmm. That's Asuka's sister. Get out of here! Are you kidding me? Yeah, and like all legacy th- man. So all three of the um, the Shirai sisters, I guess, have all gotten into. Hold on, who's the third? So they have another sister who like doesn't apparently wrestle as much anymore. Like she's kind of she older. I don't know. I thought she was like the middle middle sister. Okay. But like Asuka, obviously, was, I mean Asuka is incredibly successful. Yeah, she's, she's like top top top. She's moved from like the New Japan level to the two billion dollars exactly WWE level. And she's the top of that too. Yeah, and she was undefeated for like years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I actually was interested to know like maybe we could someday get a match between like. Io and Asuka in WWE. What is the most, what is the either highest rated or best, however you want to take that, match in WWE in wrestling history that was family member versus family member? Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, uh, SummerSlam 1994 Steel Cage match, five stars. Really? Yep. Wow. And a lot of people would say that the Bret Hart Owen Hart match at WrestleMania 10 deserved five stars. It was certainly a good match. That's when you were at, right? No, no, I was at twenty. God, oh, I would have loved. I would have loved to be at ten. Yeah, I would have made my my ten year old boy's dream would have come true if I'd been <laughs> at WrestleMania ten. So then we also got we got Nia versus the versus Ronda for the for the women's championship on Raw. I think I am actually interested with that one. Well, I think there's something to talk about uh, with that, we, which we can swing back around to. But just to wrap out the card, mm-hmm. we've got Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Jinder wins clean eight minutes. Um, and we have the Bludgeon Brothers are going to put the championship on the line against the Good Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers are horrible, right? Well, we haven't seen the Bludgeon Brothers. It's like another well, they one. Just come, they just come from the hills, they beat you up, and then they go back to the hills. Yeah, I guess so. They're like they're like the uh, Brock Lesnar of the tag team division, essentially, is what mm-hmm. they are. Yeah, but part, they're... Part-time champion. I think we've talked about this before. I just don't understand why Luke Harper and Eric Rowan can't actually get a different gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel, like, I feel like Luke Harper, on his own as Luke Harper, could actually do okay... But it seems like Eric Rowan flounders without him, and they just like flounders. he's like, it's like um, if Luke Harper shaved his beard, would he get fired? Uh, that's an interesting question. I can't imagine you get fired, but uh, but they might keep you off TV for like four months until you grow it back. We remember when Lana and Rusev were doing that weird angle, and Lana she uh, broke their engagement on like Instagram or something. And it killed kayfabe because they hated each other in kayfabe, but she just announced to the world that they're actually engaging and married, and she got in trouble for that. Yeah, because it, they broke like she destroyed their gimmick. If but I mean, never I think, shaved his beard. He's destroying the gimmick. So WWE, like WWE, plays with their talent in some respects because you know, like Big Cass and Carmella were a legit item. Like they were dating. They bought a house together. And. Like, WWE split them up, and they split them up in such a way that it was almost, like, designed to split them up as a couple, and Ooh. it did. And, I mean, it's yeah, not the, it's not the first instance where, like, that sort of thing has happened, where they've, like, kind of, if you're not married, then, you know, they will, yeah, they'll, like, they'll, like, essentially tell you that they'll dictate who your relationships will be with and how they'll go, and it's, 
it's really kind of messed up because when you think about a couple like Rusev and Lana that actually does wind up getting married, mm-hmm. like here's your boss, you know, who sees you like dating in the workplace, but who's just like, I know this has nothing to do with, you know, your employment, but I'm just going to try and mess with your relationship. Because I can. Yeah. You know? That's and, brutal. But, um, so... Setting up uh, Money in the Bank, obviously, like that's still where Raw and SmackDown are both going. Um, Raw this past week, um, you know, big things were Nia versus Ronda for the Women's Championship featuring Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. I feel like that parentheses has to featuring be Featuring Stephanie. Is it special ref or is it she's going to screw mm-hmm. her I Well, I don't think Stephanie's actually going to get involved in the match. So it's uh, featuring well, well, number one, she's already got herself like firmly inserted into the angle because she's set herself up so much in opposition to Ronda Rousey. The interesting thing is that like Ronda Rousey is the women's Roman Reigns. No, Ronda Rousey is the women's Brock Lesnar. But but they are telling the story of like you know, even though everybody knows. Oh, I get what you're saying. Everyone's- even though everybody knows, like this is our chosen star, like and this person's going to be like the dominant face of the company for the next couple of years, face of the division for the next couple of years. Like the story is that the, the company is out to get her mm-hmm. to embarrass her and to hold her back. They paid her. They made her the highest paid woman's star, but the so fans, they can bury her. The fans love Rhonda love her where they hate Roman. I think that's because people feel like they already know who Ronda Rousey is, and they already feel like they're fans of hers, and they feel like the only reason she can be doing this for a living is because she really is a wrestling fan, so they're kind of on her side. Yeah. And I think when Roman Reigns was getting his push, because he came out of the Shield, and he'd been part of a group that people thought was cool, but people felt like they didn't know who Roman Reigns was, like they didn't identify with him in the same way. How long was the Shield a big deal for him? A few years. Oh, really? I mean, they were. Uh, Shield was a faction in NXT for a while before they actually came up into WWE, and they they were a big deal in WWE for a while. Like years, or like. A well, I feel like year. they. I feel like they made their debut right after a WrestleMania, and then they they stuck around for two WrestleManias before they they. Fell wow, apart. that's so, crazy. I didn't realize they were a big big so long. Um, but here's the other thing that's kind of interesting. Um, Natalia um, is now qualified for the Women's Money in the Bank match. And she's talked about nothing else on Raw for the last few weeks except how good friends she is with Ronda Rousey. Natalia traditionally works more of a heel style I, anyway. Is Natalia the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I but I think uh, it's, it's very, very... Possible, if not downright likely, that we actually see Natalia win the women's money in the bank and cash in on Ronda Rousey. And he well, that would, implies Ronda's going to be Nia money in the bank, which I think is very likely. Do you think so? Yes, I think it's very likely that because I don't think you tell the story. I don't think you can tell the story yet that Ronda can just be beaten. Well, um, so you think based on the reaction at WrestleMania, they're just like, "Yep." She's ready. She's not ready. She's but ready. She's not ready. What do you think ready means? I think I think Do you uh, think her years as UFC champion and doing and carrying that brand by herself in that regard is being ready to do that the same ready as WWE champion? So what's what's ready is are you ready 
to be part of the main storyline of the show and be out there for up to 20 or 30 minutes in an angle per night. Uh, you know, I mean... Let me rephrase what you just said. Mm-hmm. Are you prepared to be the most entertaining right. factor every the single most, TV show? The most must-see thing in sports entertainment. And you can equate that to reaction to you. Yeah. Because when Roman did his his uh, promo the day after WrestleMania that he did not say a word and everybody was just booing him super loud, that was still being ready. Right. That was being over. So it's not yeah. necessarily mic skills. It's, it's not. It's reaction plus ability to work the crowd. Yes. And, and she has that. She's got that. And so I think I think the I think the analysis is that Ronda's not ready to carry the women's championship, defend it on every house show or or on weekly television, and have regular matches on television and pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. She's not at that level yet, just with her in-ring ability. But she's certainly ready to be part of the biggest storyline in women's wrestling. And I think the way you get to that storyline is... Um, Ronda does actually prove that she can't be beaten in ring by somebody like even like Nia Jax. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know who's to say that um, you know Natalia and Stephanie McMahon haven't concocted some scheme to attack, injure, and sideline Ronda Rousey and cash in the money in the bank on her? Um, you now are you thinking like same night type thing right now? Same night. There's been Dean Ambrose cashed in the same night. Yeah. I feel like Kane cashed in the same night, I believe. Did he? Kane yeah. did? Yeah, Kane cashed in Kane on Kane won money in the bank? Yep. And cashed Kane. in on Rey Mysterio, I think it was the same night. When did Kane win money in the bank? Uh well, I feel like it's gotta be I don't know, it's it's probably like late two thousands, I'm gonna go. Did he aspirations to be mayor then, you think? Mm, I very much doubt it. <laughs> but, fair enough. Fair enough. But um yeah, I see. I, so I see an angle with 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 Ronda and Natalia involving the Money in the Bank as a as a strong potential story. Um, we we did more to uh, to set up uh, Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. Yep. And you and I kind of talked about how that's sort of a win win scenario for Vince McMahon mm-hmm. because well, if if Jinder Mahal gets cheered, then. You keep the the recorded crowd noise when you pipe that show over to India, exactly. and you say, "Look, the American fans have finally gotten behind the modern day Maharaja." Maharaja. Um, if the fans boo Roman, which they probably will, there's no reason they won't. You pipe that over to India, and you at least demonstrate, like, all of you know how you probably add some. You probably add some crowd noise for gender. Mm-hmm. Like when Jinder hits the Coloss, you throw in a big crowd. Do you think he's going to hit the Coloss? I think he probably hit it like six or seven times. Well, my question is this. Now, now keep in mind, everyone, all you listeners know that I'm Jinder through and through. Don't hinder the Jinder. Simple. But if you just follow booking for the last month, what does not point to the fact that Roman is going to squash Jinder in a minute? Well, Roman doesn't squash people in a minute. He overcomes odds. I get that. He but takes he takes the coloss. He takes a bunch of the coloss. He he takes he like, takes colossus. He takes colosses. 
Is that right? He Did takes they do that on purpose? Six or seven. No, he can't. He, six he can kick out a six. There's can no one kick out a six or seven colossus. If you're gonna kick out a six or seven colossus, you should be at least be able to kick out like four or five F fives. Yeah, you should. Oh wait. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, moving on. But uh, yeah, I think I think I think that's a win-win for for, for the WWE for the American market and the Indian market. End of story. And the losers for WWE was that segment with Bobby Zane. Bob, uh, Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn. I guess Bobby Zayn still sounded right. I mean, yeah, sort like of. Bobby, Bobby hyphen Zayn. Yeah. No, no, like Bobby space Zayn, because yeah. Bobby Lashley was the same Zayn. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, like Bobby Oh, uh, I just called him Bobby Zayn. Yeah. So, uh, But it was uncomfortable to watch. It was. And WWE actually got a, a post-backlash backlash. A post-backlash backlash. For transphobia. Yep. Welcome to 2018, <laughs> yeah. Vince McMahon. You know, where make- having a grown man beat up other grown men that are dressed as women still counts as a man beating up women because those men dressed as women identify as women. Yep. And if he identifies as a woman, he's a woman. End of story. And a grown man shouldn't be beating up women no matter what. I feel it's like transphobia. If you, if you got the meat, Bobby Lashley can hit you. Well, I, I mean, pre-op, post-op, it doesn't make a difference, man. Like, that's it. Politically incorrect. Oh my God! Hold on. So you—it's politically incorrect. If I walk into work tomorrow and change my name to Charlene, and I tell people I'm gonna—I'm a woman now. Like it might take me a little while to get a doctor to give me hormones and help me with the process, mm-hmm. but I still choose to identify as a woman. You need to respect that decision. Yeah, I'm respect with his right hand to the dome, Charles. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing's ridiculous. It was a terrible angle. Yeah, I mean, and four months ago, they got the most love from the gay community. No, yeah. no, no. The LBGTQ community, specifically. No J's. No J's. And <laughs> the LBGT, LB, oh, mercy. LBGT, LGBTQ. Yeah, L- Plus. Plus. Yes. Yeah. Community for Finn entrance. Right. But that same community, the T is in there, yeah. turned on. Yeah, well, and... Can't and, win. Can't win. Right, because you portrayed you portrayed the idea of men dressing as women as a ludicrous thing in an era in which society is trying to be more accepting and understanding that that sort of thing is real, and it exists. But it's and wrestling. It is wrestling, but that's the thing. It's like wrestling needs to know what to poke fun at and what not to poke fun at. Like, we don't have... Well, like, that Santina Morella entered the... She won the Davis Championship or something like that. And that was still a number of years ago before before social media has really changed a lot. And, and the Me Too movement has really changed a lot. Yeah. Um, but... I can see where they're coming from. I you don't have wrestlers... You don't have wrestlers who pretend to be Nazis anymore. You used to have wrestlers... Jinder Mahal isn't... That's nah, not a Nazi, but he's like a... Let me talk to my language with my people. Well, so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like racism still exists in wrestling. But um, but the idea is, like, we can get away with it because we have foreigners be racist. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's like... Like, I mean, to be fair, like, we kind of do it the good American way. Yeah. You know, that like, we're guilty. I mean, it's a, but it's only a matter of, like, let, within the last ten years that we've had essentially... Like well, no, you had what was his name? That's exactly what I'm talking Bobby about. Zeb Col- Zeb yeah, Coulter. Bobby, yeah, Zeb Coulter was and racist. Jack Swagger with like the whole we, we the, the people. You know he's still doing that. 
I, I can imagine. He's still we the people. Because in 2018, there's a big part of society out there that's still very much that whole we the people mentality. We the people. Right. And they were so racist. He was actually just racist. Straight up racist. But then they, they hired... Bobby Rodriguez was his name? Uh, Alberto Del Rio joined the joined Zeb Coulter. No, but first his little sidekick did. Uh, Roberto Rodriguez. Roberto Rodriguez. Yeah, you think he joined? No, they beat him up. Yeah. And then Alberto joined. they were racist. <laughs> oh, but did Alberto do We the People? Yeah. Can you make a good, like, is that a Hispanic accent? Would that be called Hispanic? We, uh, how would that sound? How does... I, I don't know. Can you do it? Like, we the people. We the people. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all right. In any case, yeah, I think we did bad there. Yeah. Next like, up. WWE did bad there, though. It's yeah, like, good point. End of story. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, we don't... We don't need... First of all, I was thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. So, the whole thing about Bobby Lashley is that, like, the way they've used him, he's had tag matches with Braun Strowman. Don't think he's lost. He's had a singles match or two. Don't think he's lost. He's obviously getting into a match with Sami Zayn, probably at Money in the Bank, maybe on Raw, but at some point it's going to be announced. Mm -hmm. I suspect Bobby Lashley's going to win. And I feel like all of the attempts they've made have been a backwards attempt to build up Bobby Lashley because I think Bobby Lashley, as somebody they were trying to push to that main event level or push to that next, next higher level... They're all losing momentum because of the, the angles that they're working. Yeah, let, let me put it like this: they, they are they're giving Bobby Lashley wins, but they're not building him up. Right, you and know, I think that's what it is. I was thinking about this the other day. Can you picture a scenario where, at the Greatest Royal Rumble, Bobby Lashley had just beaten Brock Lesnar? Well, I can't think of that if I can't even think what his entrance music is. Well, you'd probably be—you'd probably remember his entrance music when he came out the next night on Raw with the championship. I mean, if he had a new one, but I mean, maybe. Yeah. I'm just—I want to see it because I—I I mean, we spoke about this a couple episodes ago. I don't understand. I get he's humongous. I get that he's—he's he's an evolved Apollo Cruz, you know, mm-hmm. and I get that. But I haven't seen or got anything yet that would lead me to believe why he's anything more than humongous. But the community itself seems pretty pretty sure that it's a result of the booking and the situation, not his talent level and what he brings to the table. Right. I just think with him, like an interesting direction to go with all of this would have been we all know most of your audience that's the smart fans know that he was a champion in yeah. WWE before. Mm-hmm. He was a champion in TNA before. Now he's returned to WWE. Like, instead of introducing him to your mass television audience over a span of a couple of months by having him tag with this guy and have a singles match with this guy over men pretending to be his sisters in a segment on Raw, if we'd had Lashley win the universal title from Brock Lesnar within a month of getting back to WWE when nobody, including Roman Reigns, has been able to beat Brock Lesnar in well over a year. And created a new Brock Lesnar just like that. And now, now I want now I want an interview segment to tell me who Bobby Lashley is. Now I want an interview segment well, with the Universal Champion. There is no there is no build up, no no storyline, no kayfabe that if it if it ended with 
that segment you got between Lashley and Zayn would have made that segment okay. No, but I, you wouldn't have gone that direction. Because okay, I think, fair enough. I think if you, if you say, like, the WWE Universe, like, all they know is that Bobby Lashley has come back to WWE, and he's the guy that finally beat Brock Lesnar. So the WWE television audience wants to know who is Bobby Lashley. I think now when you have a sit-down interview with him, you don't talk about his sisters. You don't talk about his bizarre childhood. I think you talk about... I think you talk about the, you know, the... The body count. The Olympic hopeful, the the army vet, the wrestling veteran. Let me ask... The guy who trains with... You know, just absolute dedication. Yeah. Who's done nothing but live and breathe this pro wrestling business for the last fifteen years of his life, and that's why even now that ECW hasn't existed for years, and he was the ECW champion was his claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Now his real claim to fame is he's the guy that was able to beat Brock when he won the first time around. Right? You said he was a former WWE championship in his first run. Well, so he was the ECW champion sure. back when that was part of WWE. Okay. Was he singing or dancing or rapping? Or? None of those things. So he was he was a real... Yeah. Well, I mean, if he was none of that, I don't understand. Like, he's got he's got to have the look that, like, Vince McMahon... I think if you put everybody in a row next to each other, he has the look that Vince McMahon likes. Just maybe not the tone. Yeah, you know, because he's humongous, dude. But I mean, I, I don't know. I want, I want to talk specifically about Ziggler beating Chad Gable. Can we go there? Yeah. Why is it happening to to why they must listen to this podcast? Yeah, it's, because it's, they have tested me in my fanhood of every single person I like. Well, they have to listen to this podcast because number one. I said I'd really like to see uh, Bliss step into a program with Ember Moon. I thought they'd be a good fit for each other. Instant. Bliss versus uh, Ember Moon. Eclipse. We said that move. Nobody should ever kick out of it. Bliss went down for the three. Mm -hmm. Took the Eclipse, took the L. That's it. We've talked about how we don't really particularly care for this back and forth where one week No Way Jose beats Baron Corbin. Next week. Baron Corbin beats No Way Jose. Happens. They just trade wins and losses. That's yep. exactly what happened again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the B team, a spot of innovation. We have this jobber squad that's now 2-0, and undefeated on Raw. Does Squared Circle know you were Falcon Arrow? <laughs> but Dolph Ziggler, who it's no secret that we love on this podcast. My boy Dolph, let him loose! Versus Chad Gable. Who My is, boy Chad, let him loose! We absolutely love. And both of these guys, like, we think, you know, are are used incorrectly mm-hmm. and, and should have completely different opportunities to show off what they can do. Yep. Have a match against each other in which the finish is headbutt, super kick, you're done. That's it. And, uh, and for good measure, let's let Drew get in there and just give him, you know, one good straight shot. Yeah, i never seen a push stop so quickly. Yeah, well, it's, you know, so there's one bit of news um, that gives me a little bit of hope. It might not make you happy, because I know you don't want to see it. It's not going to make me happy. The rumor mill says... That Jason Jordan is coming back to Raw next week. And I cannot stand it. Do not bring up the tag word. Don't say it. Gable and Jordan. Oh, my God. 
Ready, Will, and Gable. I can't. I like Ready, Will, and Gable, yeah. but I can't do it, man. I can't stand Jason Jordan anymore. They're such a good team, They though. are a terrible team. All you do is let Chad... It's it's Big Cass and Enzo Mori, except for it's the tables are turned. Oh, but that's not that's not entirely true, because Enzo Mori could never hit a German suplex the way that Chad Gable can. No, no, no. I mean that the, those two can only talk, and these guys only wrestle. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm you. saying that Enzo is trash compared to Chad Gable. Uh-huh. And I would take Big Cass. I, Jason Jordan's better than Big Cass, but Big Cass is so trash that Jason Jordan is actually trash as well. Big Cass is an F. Jason Jordan is a D plus. He needs Afro back. He's a he's and fourth Carlito. You need to have Carlito and Apollo Cruz going to a, a porta potty. No, no, no. Sorry, you need to have. And this is this is this is gonna get real phobic here. In this a is not gonna get bad. Oh, okay. No, no. You need to have you need to have a. Oh my gosh, I'm struggling. Jason Jordan when he had his Afro. All right, you remember what I'm talking about in NXT and and Bobby Lashley going to a porta potty. Right, they did this some similar jackass. Uh-huh. They make these big noise like they're taking this big number two, uh-huh. and then Apollo Cruz walks out of the porta potty, and Carlito walks out of the other one like they got way smaller. That'd be oh. money. Okay, that'd be money. Okay. In any case, I need Jason Jordan to stay away from Chad Gable because the closer they are to each other, the more likely they end up together. If they Do end up th- together, I'm, I'm 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 done. So can I talk to you real real quick? We've talked about the the barbershop window moment. Yeah, which which uh, just a quick shout out to Marty Janetti, who by all accounts had like that's the guy that owned the barbershop. No, Marty Janetti was Sean's old tag team partner. He's the one who got thrown through the window. Who dove through the window like a coward, trying to get away from Sean Michaels. I thought he got thrown through. It's I I saw it differently. But okay, anyway. fair enough, fair enough. But anyway, um, uh, by all accounts, uh, Marty Janetti just had like an absolutely unbelievable like twenty plus minute indie match this weekend. Did he really? And mad respect to him for how like, old is he? Well, Shawn Michaels was I think a couple years younger than Marty Janetti when they started their tag team back in the like early to mid nineteen eighties. Shawn's been retired for a few years, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, Marty Janetti still going out there, so respect to him. Respect to him. Shout out to the Midnight Rockers. Let um, me ask you this: If Chad Gable squared up with Marty Janetti right now, who wins? Chad Gable. But um, but what I'd be interested to see because one of the things that like really propelled uh, Shawn Michaels up to the the singles star level, like the, you actually want to see this guy come out and wrestle as singles, is that when that tag team split. They had a running back and forth feud uh, between Sean and Marty on Monday Night Raw and at pay per views, where they traded the Intercontinental Championship back and forth a couple times. How 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 okay would you be zero with a program between Gable and Jordan? Zero. They never really resolved the zero. breakup. There, I told you, I don't want them near each other. Okay. I cannot do it. I cannot do it because it's so horrible. Speaking of people, I don't want anywhere near each other. Elias beat Bobby Roode. I'm so done with them too. Yep. I'm so done. I, mean, I got to say, I'm done. They're both. Elias looks so old. When do you think we get to the point where it's like, who wants to walk with Elias? And legitimately, everybody's Crickets. like, eh, whatever. And then he's like, no, I can't hear you. Who wants to walk with Elias? And I'm like, eh. eh. Elias looks like he smokes a pack of cigarettes a day. And Bobby Roode still got his entrance. Glorious. That's it. And if you take away his entrance, he's. A job. He's exactly what he said. Like he's the ultimate example of like 
Take away the entrance. There's nothing there. That's it. Um, then you had the match, uh, the main event, Monday Night Raw, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor. Good match. Um, I like that Finn Balor actually was able to hit moves on Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. Um, takes away a little bit of that, like this dude just flips over ambulances. Exactly. If Finn Balor can knock him down with a sling blade, you know, on the outside of the ring, and he actually takes some damage from that. Like, I... So, we have Roman Reigns that can kick out of five F5s. We have Brock Lesnar, who, good point, and, and I never even really considered the point... But, like, you realize, like, in the last couple of years, Brock Lesnar's literally kicked out of everything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's no number of moves that he hasn't kicked out of. Exactly. It's like tombstones, Superman punches, spears. He's kicked out of everything. Everything. Yeah, he's kicked out of every single move he's done. Kicked out of everything. Still carrying that belt. Still. Did you read the Squared Circle post that it said he's the only dude to never get pinned by a tombstone pile driver against Undertaker? In, in, in a mania, I think, or or was it just ever? Ever. Okay. He never got, he lost he the Undertaker when he got choked Hell's out. Gate? Yeah, he Hell's yeah. Gate him, but he gave him the fingering guy, just went to bed. Right. Which is sweet. Yeah. Was that, did that count as a run for Undertaker when they did those three matches? Uh, Like a last championship run, probably. Like, just, this is the last time we're going to put the belt on you, so. We didn't get the belt there, ever. Did he not? No, never. Of course not. Oh, well, Brock didn't have the belt then. That was when Goldberg had it. Yeah, they probably said like this is probably the last time you're going to be in the main event, so just enjoy it. Pre Saudi deal. And then and then it was like, well, actually, you're going to have a match with Roman Reigns, so that's definitely going to be the main event. <laughs> um, but oh, one more question. Sorry, sorry, I keep yeah. going off track. Does Undertaker being in the match make it the main event, or does Roman Reigns being in it make it the main event? I think the fact that it's the two of them definitely makes it the main event. I'm not sure which. I'm not sure which one is like 51 percent, which one's like 49 percent. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns made at the main event. Respect. We can move on. Um, but uh, at the end, you know, um, like it just boiled down to Strowman hitting a couple of the, the power slam. And, yep. I mean, you know, he's more than twice Balor's size. Yep. So that kind of goes the way you expect. And Balor, Balor is another one of those guys who's like right there up at the top. He's going to be part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, he's right up there with like your top eight or ten guys on the roster, but you know because they have to have those eight or ten guys in your big matches on Raw, they have to have you know some of those guys lose to other of those guys. You you know. Did Mind the Bank start as like six people? Uh, yeah, I think I think early on it was. So like, that's probably reflective of how much talent they have nowadays. Yeah, like the ten dudes in them now. Yeah. Um, is is last is Mayan Bank one of the bigger pay per views now? Would you say it's top four though? Because I'm picking over Survivor Series. I'm going WrestleMania, mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank's been big ever since the 2011 Money in the Bank Chicago CM Punk versus John Cena. That was a crazy man. I mean that, but that was like that felt like that year's SummerSlam. So, you know, I think since then it's been up. Probably a little bit above Survivor Series. So what would be the other... What's the other one? Survivor Series, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble, yeah. Yeah, but I yeah. go... My favorite pay-per-views is going to be WrestleMania first, uh-huh. then Royal Rumble, then Money in the Bank, then SummerSlam. Survivor Series, I don't care about that much. Yeah, and Royal Rumble, like... I'm at least glad that, like, the greatest Royal Rumble is only for a made-up championship belt that we never see again. Never. Because... Um, I think, like, the whole idea of having another one 
in the same year just kind of dilutes the idea. Well, aren't they doing the other one now in November? Well, I, we can't have a third one this year. Like, we can't have three Royal Rumbles a year. It's got to be a different event. Like, maybe the November event will be the greatest SummerSlam. I don't care. I feel like we can say this now, but then when it inevitably happens, we're going to review it on this show. We'll be talking about <laughs> the fact that we're two months away from the just plain Royal Rumble at the greatest, 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 the greatest, Royal greatest, greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm going to be like, one of these things needs to be called a freaking Battle Royal. I feel like they should just keep adding the greatest every time. Yeah. In 30 years from now, it's the, and Braun Strowman canes himself out there. Isn't that the greatest, 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 greatest Royal Rumble? A couple Rumble. minutes later, he's Go. like, he's like sucking wind. He's gassed. $75,000 of Braun Strowman saying greatest. <laughs> Three minutes, man. That would be crazy. Oh, man. So, SmackDown this week. Let's get to that. Um, Miz, um, with a little bit of backup from the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro came out to back up uh, against the New Day behind Big E. Big E, who apparently, like, legitimately, according to Corey Graves, doesn't have a last name anymore. Which has some, has some like. Oh, he's the Biggie Langston. Yeah. And it, there's some like disturbing overtones to the fact that like this is a black guy that WWE's taken away his last name. But, uh, <laughs> but apparently, like literally now, he's just Big E. Doesn't have a last like name. Like Apollo. Yeah. But. So uh, they gave. Oh, so they took Big E's last name away so they give Apollo his back. So you can only have. If you're a black in WWE, there's only so many last names that are going around in the there's like There's like one emancipation that's <laughs> exactly. allowed and you. You I'm probably have to make back. a deal with, look, man, I'm yeah. going to need that last name yeah. in two, three months. Yeah. <laughs> Let me borrow it. Let me hold it real quick. <laughs> but uh, but really cool spot in that match, actually, which everybody's talked about, but the spot where Kofi comes off the steps and mm-hmm. then off of Cesaro's shoulders yeah. to hit the sick. flying clothesline on Sheamus. Like, that was just one of the, like, I mean, Kofi's so good, and I can't believe, I can't believe it's going to be anybody but Kofi in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I think it's got to be Kofi. Kansas. I think it's Big E. I just I think Big E's gonna get his push, man. I just like we've talked about like why did Kofi never get that why did Kofi never get the run? Like why did Kofi never get the world title like at least matches. Like at least you know, at least a couple well, matches. But does he put on great matches and singles matches? He's pretty good. I mean he's really pretty good. I just feel like his his I feel like he's a spot guy. I feel like he's never like I feel like he's never had the entrance to be taken seriously. I mean like I mean Well didn't he used to do the yeah, the boom clap. And so it was. Yeah, yeah. Hear them shouting. That was. Hear them shouting. Yeah. Is that really what the words were? SOS. I hear them crying. Yeah, I always thought it. Remember, oh, remember that song by Missy Elliott when they were like, Kazoo, my Kesa? And they're just saying mumbo jumbo? Uh huh. I thought that was his entrance too. I didn't think there were actual words oh, there. Okay. I thought it was SOS. Yeah. You need to be higher. Okay. Well, I i mean, I'll admit, like, I did for a long time think it was a shameful thing. Lobster head, too many limes, you wind up dead. Too many limes. Too many limes. Too many limes. <laughs> Misheard song lyrics, man. Oh, man, that's funny. But Miss- I used to think the ACDC song, I always thought it was the Dirty Deeds and the Thunder Chief. Well, so, okay, so I did definitely hear, like, uh, I mean, like, I used to have the book, Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy. And um, there's definitely a few in there that, like, I could identify with. Like, yeah, I've definitely heard it that way before. One of my favorites was I had a friend back in college 
who thought it was every time you go away, you take a piece of meat with you. And could not understand, like, why you would just take a steak every time you left the house. Give me meat. Yeah, meat. <laughs> Give me meat. Yeah. Give me the big meat. But, uh, uh, yeah, keep so, <laughs> Miz gets the skull-crushing finale after the uh, bar distracts uh, Big E. Um, Lana, with the roll-up in a quick, like, a minute and 20-second match, got the roll-up on Billy Kay. Lana qualifies for uh, Women's Money in the Bank, and it's Lana Day. And apparently Lana and Aiden English are kind of back on the same page now. Yeah. I guess they realize, like, look, we both love the same man. We both love the same man. But we have to share him. Isn't that so weird? Are they going to cross the line eventually? I don't know. Because you know they are sneaking up on that line. Yeah. Because you know where this is ending. This is ending with a love triangle, dude. Yeah. And And that's... I, I feel like that's more like 2021... You know we're on our way, but hey, I don't think we're there yet. By, we're gonna be we're gonna be in the twenty five thousand dollar a minute television era. Uh, we could have that could be like a nine minute segment. We'll uh, have to see how good Rusev's English gets. I don't even know what what's nine times twenty five. Two hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Pretty yeah, there you go. To just watch. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Uh, so we got the announcement uh, officially that AJ Nakamura is not a pillow fight. It's a last man standing match. <laughs> um, does one of them wear a cup? Well, if if there's not a spot that someone puts a cup on and eats the dick kick, then I am going to be super disappointed. Like, why? So, we, I mean, we, we, we can, everybody can understand that, like, we're in a last man standing match because their last match ended with neither guy able to answer the referee's 10 count. So, a double count out. Mm-hmm. After we had a match with a double count out. That instead of giving us a no, no double count out option, gave us a no DQ option, but just we still so they, had a double count out. Just so you could eat the dick kick. So now, this match is a single count out. Somebody's Which, definitely getting counted out. Yeah. The outcome, no stipulation that they introduce at this point would have affected the outcome of any three matches, no matter how you mix them up. And it's so strange to, to like, have... With folks, we guarantee this time somebody's definitely getting counted out. We've already had both of them already, get counted exactly, out twice. Exactly, we've had both of them get counted out twice. And, and so we've also... Draw too. And we've also... Yeah, and, and we've... Well, so somebody has to, like, I guess it's... No, it's a draw. Well, so what happens this time if the referee counts to ten and both guys are down? It's a draw. First guy that gets to their feet? No, it's a draw. They did it with a... You can't have a draw in a last man's stand. No, they did it with a Big Show and Braun Strowman when they broke the ring. Double, double, uh, a, a double count out in a last man standing match resulting in a draw. I Maybe Braun Strowman got up at the end. But Braun Strowman and Big Show did that, that, that superplex spot that the whole ring collapses. Wow. And neither of them got up. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think the booking of the whole feud, like, admittedly, has just been terrible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't have any kind of logic to it. And mm-hmm. it doesn't take you to a place where you're like, well, that makes sense. We're finally going to have a decisive finish. It's lazy. It seems lazy. If this, this, maybe it's because I didn't watch New Japan as much, but everyone was hyping up Nakamura Styles like it was going to be match of the year, feud of the year. I have not got anything from that yet. That just made me be absolutely in on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I think we've seen we've seen incredibly good stuff from AJ Styles. Yeah, well, and I think we've seen you know Nakamura versus Zayn at NXT was a. Was I think we've seen NXT. flashes, but we haven't seen Adam put it together through an entire match. Yeah, is the new day falling apart? You think? Um, it lost I, a lot of momentum. 
Well, I mean, the pancake thing, like, like, ever since they hosted WrestleMania, and it was kind of like, the New Day is just here to entertain you, we don't really care about the titles, or being part of the, like, even wrestling, we don't exactly. have to do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, we just come out and throw pancakes at the audience. Doesn't that defeat, like, everything we talked about, that, like, the perfect wrestling show, everyone is focused on the championship all the time. And it literally presented the new day. Yeah, but this isn't this isn't about making a wrestling show. This is about making a sports entertainment show. Even so, it's not entertaining if they're not trying to get a championship. Is these guys straight up for like, we don't care about wrestling. We want to host this show. I, I, I you know, I don't know. Maybe you go in that direction, but um, I mean, I think like honestly, I think Xavier Woods, like, I know. Yeah, good stamina. I I, I know like. <laughs> He might not want to go down there full-time, but I think he's a dude who would benefit from going down there and working a main event program in NXT with somebody like Ricochet. You think so? I think Xavier Woods is good. I think, he, I think he just, like, but I think the same way that, like, Tyler Breeze is benefiting right now from going down to NXT and working a main event match because, like, at least it, it, it tells you that, like, this guy can have a credible singles match with somebody. Yeah. Even if it's a developmental wrestler. Yeah, like I think Xavier Woods having credible singles matches against guys who ultimately are going to wind up on the main roster would give him a better launching pad back into the single scene. I think he's young; he's got a singles. I mean, like Consequences Creed has a singles career ahead of him. But, yeah, I mean, I agree, but I just I don't know if that's I don't know. So the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows, beat the Usos. Uh, for to qualify for a title match against the Bludgeon Brothers, so dumb. This was a match where brothers beat cousins for a match against brothers. Yeah, I just think that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why the whole tag team division, everybody's got to be, everybody's got to be brothers now because they're all a bunch of nerds. Well, I mean, it's just like it's weird because you had it used to be that the story was that there were very few tag teams where they were really brothers. No, like, you oh, know, well, none of them are actually really brothers. My Usos, right? Right. Who were called the cousins? Well, who were called the cousins? Yeah, the cousins are called the brothers, and then the, no, 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 the brothers are called the cousins. The brothers, yeah, the brothers are called the cousins, and then you have guys who aren't related who were called the brothers, which that used to be how it was done. Mm-hmm. But then you had like the Steiner brothers who actually were brothers, and they're just dudes. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. But anyway, the, so the good brothers, Gal, uh, Gals, and Anderson are going to take on the Bludgeon Brothers. I think it's going to be. I'm tired of the whole thing. Four or five minute match. Yeah. Bludgeon Brothers are going to beat uh, Anderson. It's my prediction. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anderson's smaller. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 100%. Um, Daniel Bryan beat Jeff Hardy non-title match. So, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan, who, like, not back in the mid-card title picture, really does want to get back to the world championship picture, according to him, uh, beats the mid-card champion mm-hmm. clean. I don't taps him out. I don't understand that. Qualifies for Money in the Bank. Well, it's, it's like it's exactly like what you've always said. You should, you should be at a certain point where you're like, I have no interest in competing for the United States Championship. Like, no, I, I, don't, I, I agree I with that. that. I don't want that belt on the line. I can beat you. I can make you tap out. I'm after the World Championship. But doesn't I feel like this discredits the 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 U.S. Championship? So he beat a guy. Mm-hmm. All right. So because he beat that guy. He's got the right to fight another guy. Yep. And whoever Samoa fights Joe. that guy can be part of the group of ten. Eight. Eight. Yeah. That compete for a chance 
Twin Championship. Dude. So there is five layers of matches. Yeah, there's a long road. There's between. a long road between... between you can you, beat the U.S. champion and you can be world champion. Exactly. But I don't know. I think that's almost like... That's almost why it's more likely that this is Daniel Bryan's road, that we have so many hurdles to cross, because that's the whole idea, is that like he returns to wrestling, but he's got a long road ahead of him. No, I mean, I agree. I just... I just I feel like I feel like there should be three belts. The mid card should have a competitive match with the like the U.S. Championship should have a competitive match with a uh, let me put it more exact. Jeff Hardy should have a competitive match with AJ Styles. AJ Styles. I, I should, completely agree. AJ Styles should win after fifteen minutes. AJ Styles should. I, I, think, I mean, I think, I think, I think the whole roster is better off if AJ Styles like takes a couple of two counts. Mm-hmm. But gets the clean win. I think. Yeah, I think a heel. I think a heel Jeff Hardy should be able to beat a face AJ Styles. I think if he eye rakes him or he uh, puts his foot on the rope, I think he should win at that point. I don't think there should be that much of a discrepancy between the two. Yeah. And I think the road they're building with Daniel Bryan, like, puts just that. I mean, if you just if you just use a social property, if Daniel Bryan can beat Jeff Hardy. Right, so if Samoa Joe beats Daniel Bryan, I got two people that can beat Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe's going to compete against eight people at that point. So mm-hmm. if they can, if any of those guys can knock out Samoa Joe, they can beat Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. And of course, they want to be the champion, so that guy can beat Jeff Hardy too. Yeah. You end up with fourteen people somewhere around that there. can beat Jeff Hardy, mm-hmm. and there's only twenty guys on the roster. Yeah, there's only twenty Jeff, relevant guys. On the Jeff roster. Hardy's walking around with a belt, calling himself a champion. Meanwhile, you're watching like, well, I know that guy can beat you. Exactly, you're in the bottom. 20% of the rocks. That's not what's right, but it is what it is. Well, um, you know, um, the rest of the week in WWE Wrestling, 205 Live, the wrestling show, started mm-hmm. out with a wrestling match. Drew Gulak uh, tapped out Grand Metalik with Gulak. The Gulak. That's good. Um, two, two-thirds of the Lucha House Party has now been submitted by Drew Gulak, who's on a mission to end this stupid high-flying Lucha nonsense. <laughs> Um, Kendrick and Gallagher did uh, show up to do, do commentary. Yep. So I think we can presume that in all likelihood, next week we're going to see Drew Gulak tap out Kalisto. Or actually, maybe maybe Kalisto is the guy who is the member of Lucha House Party who doesn't tap out. Ooh. Maybe Kalisto gets the surprise Salida del Sol win over Drew Gulak. And now we have to have a six-man match between Lucha House Party and... Kendrick Gallagher and Gulak. I think that's probably the direction we'll go. Hot take. Enzo Mori's back by the end of September. TJP, I have to talk about this match that he had. Because he's the man. Shortest, shortest, best jobber squash match I've seen in years. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say TJ Perkins looks like Shawn Michaels when he was a heel back in the day like go watch this match I can't tell you how good this match was he he was in there against a guy who's nobody and nothing how long was the match it was it was it's so short it was so incredibly short but he did everything so perfectly he's so smooth man. including like just all of his movement yes but also like the attitude and the looks and the facials and everything. Like, everything about his performance, to me, said, 
if this guy had been in Shawn Michaels' role, if he had like the personality, mm-hmm. that's I feel like that's the one thing he must be missing. Is just he can't be. I sure. That boy got the swag down, though, man. But there must be something about him talking. He's out of touch. Did he do the dap or whatever? Did he do the... Oh, yeah. He always does that. That's what he's missing. Yeah. He's not changing it over time. The dap hasn't been relevant in a year now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a lot... Like, I mean, honestly, I like... I mean, look, I... Like, I'm older than this dude. And to me, like, the max MP and high score stuff... Like, dude, video arcades have been dead since I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm an old man in the world of video games now. Like, I was around. Like, I had a freaking Atari. Yeah, I had yeah. an original. I had an original NES. I used to go to the arcade and feed my stupid allowance money into yeah. the coin machines to get Aladdin's castle tokens to play Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and stuff. Oh, time out, real quick. I actually had this question. When you went to the arcade to play Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. is it? You're playing against somebody, and whoever wins stays on. Yep. And then there's just a line for people for yep. the loser. So was there dudes that were beasts and would just sit there all day? Tech and tag. I could play tech and tag with a quarter and be there for as long as I wanted to be. Did you love it? I was. That was my game, man. Was it good for your ego? Or oh, was absolutely. Bad? I was like, now I felt like I felt like a lot of these people probably think I'm cheap, and like I just my tactics are dirty. Were you tactics they dirty? Just, they just don't recognize greatness. What was your tactic? What was everybody? I just. Picked Lei Wulong and um, and uh, Forest Law, and like I just was great at swapping them in and out, at, on, on using the like exploiting the tag system and hitting great combos. And so when someone beats you, though, <laughs> is this how you felt when like a twelve year old came up to play? I don't, I don't tell you something, man. It didn't. I mean, like I'll be honest, it didn't happen all that often. I, okay. I really, but I, I just I, what I remember is being able to just show up and be like, when it's my turn to put a quarter. On the on the cabinet, like that quarter stay in there. That quarter stay in there. That's but, awesome. But TJ, I just have to talk about it. Like TJP, I, here's what here's what my notes are, folks. TJP killed a jobber. Looked like heel HBK. So good. Enough. Said. I want to see that guy. I want to see that guy do more. Well, he won the cruiserweight classic. He did. And, and then he floundered. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with you. Things need to be changed. The dude is a natural heel. He could be so good. He's and, so smooth. Under, I mean, like, I just, I want to see. I don't understand. Tell me this. Maybe uh, maybe there's something I'm missing here. But people like Johnny Gargano, because how smooth he is. Right? He is a heel Johnny Gargano. Yeah. They've got the same body style. I think TJP is infinitely more smooth than Johnny Gargano. Well, I'd say like TJP actually reminds me more of Shawn Michaels, just in terms of like the the. Well, I didn't watch old Shawn Michaels. I understand, but I, like he actually reminds me more, and he like he's he even wears the long tights, which you know is more reminiscent in my head. Yeah. But like so much is so similar, and I'm just like, this dude should come out and murder Jeff Hardy, because it would do so much for TJP, like to have him be the heel. That like beats the U.S. champ because he's a heel and because he's willing to fight dirty and everything. Yeah. Like he should absolutely. He should come. And like this is the problem with the whole the cruiserweight thing. It's like people talked about it this week. Did you know? Uh, I saw the post, but um, uh, who was the guy that was in? Was it Canellis? Canellis himself. Like he was in the Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. But he was like 182 pounds. Yeah. And, and like. Like, he's on the main roster. He's not on 205. 
Well, Finn Balor's on 205 Live. It could be. He definitely weighs less than 205. So why, like, why do these guys, like, they're, I understand, like, you would want to be on that show if you want to compete for the Cruiserweight Championship. But there's a lot of guys on that show. Like, there's no reason why TJP shouldn't be trying to get SmackDown, trying to get to the U.S. title. And, like, the match that TJP and Jeff Hardy could have could be unbelievable. But I agree. I agree. Itami, Itami beat Tozawa. They had a essentially they, they had the WWE version of a strong style match. And just so much racism in one area. But um, it's you know it is what it is. It's, it's a match. Yeah, it's Itami and Tozawa. They were a tag team. They had a couple of miscommunications, and so they had to break up. And Itami has to become a heel now. Itami's gonna be better off as a heel anyway. Agree. Um, and he is respect me. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, apparently if you're Japanese, you're a heel. This is the moral of the story. If you're not American, you're a heel. Yeah, that's also true. Who is a non-American heel? I mean, face. Non- Rusev? He's a heel. Rusev is the opposite of Roman Reigns. Yeah. No matter what, no matter how much people cheer for him, He's they won't heel. turn him face. He's a heel. Okay. Um, so I don't think there is one. Boy, that's a really good question. I don't think there is one. Uh, if you can think of a... Uh, a non-American babyface. I mean, and not like a Canadian, but, you know. Because, I mean, Canadians, they're almost all heels anyway. We got Sami Zayn. We got Kevin Owens. We got Jinder Mahal. So, like, generally speaking, even those don't work. But, I mean, if there if there does happen to be a face who's, like, Canadian, but nobody knows that, like, that doesn't matter. Does Chris Jericho count as a face? No, he's a heel. He doesn't count as Canadian. I mean, I don't care if he's from Winnipeg. Like, Whoa, hot take from Charles here. Like, he doesn't You count, just made the list. He doesn't count as a foreigner. Hey, Chris, if you listen to this, put him on the list. Um, so, NXT uh, this week, another... another. Uh, May I interview you, Charles? What's that? May I interview you? Sure. How did you feel about Heavy Machinery's performance? <laughs> Against TM61? Against TM61. Heavy Machinery just looks like they look terrible. Uh, in terms of like you know the their win and loss like they're just they have to be at the bottom of the rung the very bottom they have to be like if you if you like if you empty out the barrel and then the barrel's empty and you still haven't gotten to heavy machinery like you need to look underneath the barrel oh my god that's, that's where heavy machinery is <laughs> like that's that's where they are right now is they just have lost to everybody if we tagged up could we beat heavy machinery easily easily <laughs> Very, it'd be a, it'd be a walk. Because apparently, all you got to do to to beat heavy machinery is just wait for them to like self destruct, which is is what they do. Like they self destruct, and this time, like TM sixty one, apparently they haven't they haven't resorted to nothing but heel tactics, but mm-hmm. they win with heel tactics, which is sort of like TM sixty one is learning and evolving that like they ha- they don't use heel tactics consistently throughout the whole match. But they win when they use heel tactics. So maybe they ought to learn that they ought to be using heel tactics more often. And heavy machinery is just 1,200 pounds of brute meat in the ring. But they lose. And they only use about 200 pounds worth. Yeah. Um, Lacey Evans beat Kyrie Sane um, in an unexpected result. Definitely yeah. definitely a, um, you know, uh, what do you call that when the underdog wins? Um, an upset. An upset. A big upset. Um, so that's what happens when Roman Reigns always wins. 
Yeah. Okay. Upsets everybody. <laughs> um, but Kyrie Sane was going for the insane elbow, and uh, and Lacey Evans actually managed to get up before Kyrie hit the insane elbow. And as she came off the top rope, she caught her with that women's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Slept her. Good Lord. Slept her. Like, imagine jumping off the top rope, flying through the air, and before you even land, catching the right that puts you on your back. That's why she uh, was That's out. how I would do Floyd. Yeah. Um, Laura Sullivan beat Ricochet and the Velveteen Dream, and my notes say match of the week. Yo, it was not the match of the week. It was absolutely the match of the week. It was great. Velveteen Dream and Ricochet did exactly what they needed to do against Lars Sullivan. They showed off like why those guys are so good because they taught like we talk about the movement and the fluidity, like Ricochet and the very green Velveteen yeah, Dream. People understand how young he is. Was twenty three? I mean, Patrick Clark, Velveteen Dream, so, so good. So, Going to be a big star. Enjoy infamy, He's Velveteen Dream. Best on NXT. I like in the world of where, like, I like wrestling, but even I acknowledge, like, this is WWE. Like, that dude puts the E in WWE. He's, He's entertaining. entertaining. I don't like the gay gimmick. I don't want to say gay, that's probably not the right word, but like the flamboyant gimmick. I don't like it that much. Just he's, he's like he's like too good at wrestling. I feel he, like that gives he's also a like he's also like twenty times better at that than Goldust ever was. Get out of here with that nonsense. He is. Goldust was the godfather of the e Oh, I mean, he might have he might have innovated it, but like <sighs> Velveteen <laughs> Dream. <laughs> Velveteen Dream. Velveteen. Anyway, it was a great it was a great match. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a super long match, but they told the right story. And Ricochet and Velveteen worked so good in tandem. Oh, I, was, I got sucked in. I'm a smart mark, and I still got sucked in. I was sitting there. I was like, these guys are working well together. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, maybe they're gonna learn something from this. I mean, these guys might really, really like they might go. Hang on one second. All right, thanks for the pause. Sorry for uh, for those of you who uh, gratefully didn't hear that. There was a quick bathroom break there, um, but uh, finishing that thought, um, Velveteen Ricochet so smooth, both of them like Velveteen Dream so impressive as young and as as new to the business as he is. Like they looked so good together, and I actually got sucked into it, and I was like, what if these guys beat him? What like beat like him? what if they beat him? Like, we're going to end up in a triple threat match or maybe a fatal four-way for the championship with Aleister Black because all three of these guys say they want a shot. Mm-hmm. Like, this could – like, the results could have been so good. And then we got the betrayal. Mm-hmm. We got the death – the rolling Death Valley driver from Velveteen Dream to Ricochet. Um, gave Lars Sullivan the opportunity to hit the freak accident, beat – Beat Ricochet, which means technically Ricochet and Velveteen both lost. Yep. But Velveteen Dream walked away, and uh, and Ricochet took the three. Um, so obviously Lars Sullivan gets the match against Aleister Black at Takeover Chicago, and we're gonna get Ricochet versus the Velveteen Dream one on one. Which is gonna be so good. And NXT builds like, hard so and good. And like, man. and everything about it, like I've talked about, like how good of a job they did with that first match that they did that got interrupted. The first one they did that got interrupted and like it was four minutes of perfection and I loved the way it ended because it was like you if you're a wrestling fan you've been watching long enough like you knew it was a tease 
for how good their match could be, but you didn't get it this week. It was because it was, Lars Sullivan came out, so it means you know that match is in their back pocket, but you don't get it till takeover. It was That's supposed it. to be what they did with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles when Shinsuke interrupted it. Yeah, but they did much worse. Yeah, this was this, this was, was great. Much better. Yeah, this was, was great. great. Um, Dakota Kai uh, got interviewed and got told, you're getting the match, you're getting the title match. Um, but downside, the champion, Shayna Baszler, who you're scared to death of, is going to knock you out. Shayna came out and said, like, are you nuts? Like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, you don't think you have a chance, do you? And Dakota Kai. Anybody with, as long as I have two fists, Dakota I Kai have said, a fighting chance. We'll see. We'll see about that. So, Shane is going to kill her. Yep, Shane's going uh, to murder Speaking of killing... Gargano Ciampa. I mean, these guys are like... Fight forever. Yeah. There's something special going on with the feud between them because Ciampa's the best heel in all of WWE right now. All of wrestling. All of wrestling. And Gargano... It's just about the best pure baby face in all of wrestling. Might have said Gabe and Dolph Ziggler, but yeah. But it's rare to have the best pure baby face going up against the best pure heel. Well, aren't they yin and yang, though? Isn't they your were... best baby face should create the best heel and the best heel should make the best baby face? Mm-hmm. They just play off each other perfectly? But they don't But they don't always line up. And, and, they, don't, and they don't always utilize guys in the right way to hit, to hit when the iron would be hottest. And right now is like... The hottest point, like I, ha- I, the one thing I hate about this feud is that it's happening in NXT because they will never have Gargano Ciampa at its hottest, most intense hatred face heel at WrestleMania. It's just never going to happen. It's never going to be at its zenith because that's where we are right now. Yeah, uh, but it, we're there right now, and it's awesome. Yep, and uh, and Gargano said this is not over. He is not hanging up his tights. Um, he's not done with his wrestling boots. Despite his wife's pleading and his doctor's advice, he's going to continue and he's going to fight Ciampa. And it's going to be nasty. It's going to be nasty. And they, uh, Meltzer said that was going to be a last man standing match. It would have been. they changed it. Because of AJ Nakamura. Which is so weird because I wouldn't view TakeOver as a direct competition. It must mean, it must mean that both those are the main events. Well, and... You know, it's also like the one is a WWE Network special that happens the night before the other WWE Network special. So, yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, it's just a stipulation. Yeah, and I mean, it could, you know, I mean, like, presumably if you have different finishes planned, like maybe one a, one a face wins and one a heel wins, I don't know. But, well, I think it means, I think it only means they're both the main event. Eh, it could be. Yeah. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting. Um, we threw in the added twist of uh, Chiampa. Um, Attacking Gargano while on the ring apron, knocking Johnny Gargano into Candice LeRae, causing her to smash her head, the back of her head, against the uh, the ramp. And uh, well, everybody thought she was dead because mm-hmm. I heard all the medics and EMTs around her going, "She is breathing! She is breathing!" Man, they just take it to the top level. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was like, I was. She hit her head like exactly. I didn't think she was dead, but I think Chamba straight up gonna hit her. We're going to cross that line. Well, I, We're going to do it on NXT lines, not WWE lines. Yeah. He's just going to he's gonna hit her with a crutch or something. I don't know. I could see, like, I could see a scenario, which does happen, where, like, 
they make sure that Gargano like is attacking Ciampa so furiously that when Ciampa manages to drop out of the way, Gargano accidentally hits her. Yeah, you know? but I feel like I mean, how come they were, How come people are okay with Triple H just bodying Ronda Rousey when he did? Just yanked her out the ring and threw her to the ground. Well, I don't know. Because he I, bodied her hard. It wasn't. It wasn't one of those missteps that someone ducks and you run into her. I he grabbed her leg, yeah. yanked her down, and threw her down to the ground. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, but you know, end result was that uh, Ronda, you know, gave Triple H the spinebuster through the table. So like, there was some return there. I would love to see Candice LeRae. Like, I mean, because you know, it 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 doesn't hurt her at all to like you know swing a swing a crutch across uh, Tommaso Ciampa's back. So I wouldn't mind seeing her get a a hand in. Um, best of the Super Juniors going on in New Japan. Have you seen any of it? None. I've seen some really high ratings on some of the matches. Um, I've seen a couple, you know, four and a halfs uh, thrown in there. So there's a couple matches I definitely want to check out on the New Japan World app. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't had a chance this week to get into it, but uh, it looks like um, a little bit more free time will be coming up in the schedule in the future, which means, number one, we'll be able to uh, do give you guys a little bit more as far as the show. Yep. Uh, we'll be able to give you guys a little bit more content that we're able to cover. Yep. And it's also going to mean um, that we're going to continue to expand. If you haven't already seen it, uh, we are now on Twitter at CTTM Podcast. Yes, sir. On Facebook at CTTM Podcast. We're soon going to have our own website for the Close to the Mark Podcast. We'll be published and live. Uh, We'll let you know more about that. Um, Plans are in the works for uh, a YouTube page for the Close to Mark Podcast. Going to highlight some of our best segments uh, and possibly even throw up some live shows while we're recording. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But so much going on with the Close to the Mark Podcast. It's not getting any smaller. It's only going to continue to grow. The snowball is rolling downhill, and all we're seeing ahead of us is... There's a rocket on our backs. We're getting the big push. Yeah, absolutely. If this thing is just going to get better and better, um, we're going to do more and more, and and you're going to get more and more from us. Um, If you want to give us your thoughts, which we definitely want to hear back from you guys too, close to the mark podcast at gmail.com. Shoot us your thoughts. Find us on Twitter. Send us a message. Hit the Facebook page. Give us the likes, the subscribes, all the good stuff. We do we do need your support to help keep us we grow. We appreciate it. Uh, WWE continuing to grow. We do know that eventually WWE will have signed every professional wrestler that's ever thrown on a pair of boots. Yep. Starting with Keith Lee, who's doing his farewell shows. He did Evolve. He did PWG. Um, so Keith Lee, done with the independent scene now. Headed over to NXT, presumably. Make a little bit of adjustment to the big time. Hey, hey, hey. And there's one more match that I just have to mention. I'm um, Black Label Pro, July 14th. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express. A team that was a, a veteran tag team when I started watching professional tag. wrestling back when I was a little kid. And you made... Quick question. Do you think I've ever heard of them? The Rock and Roll Express... Never no, heard of them. No, no. It's, I but mean, I have heard of Brian Alvarez and Tom Lawler. Right. Well, so the Chop and Roll Express <laughs> is going to take on the Rock and Roll Express. And I have to find a way to see this match one way or another. Just because I know um, that 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 uh, Marty Jannetty match um, that he had this past week apparently is going to work its way onto a DVD or online. Mm-hmm. At some point I'll be able to check that out. 
But the Rock and Roll Express, for those of you who have only started watching wrestling in the last couple of years, the Rock and Roll Express were arguably what Brian Alvarez called for when he said, I'm only coming out of retirement if it's against the greatest tag team of all time. And the Rock and Roll Express are definitely in the argument for greatest tag team of all time. Mm. Back in the day, when it was Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson competing for tag team championships, particularly in their ongoing, across multiple federations, blood feud with the Midnight Express (laughs) um, and Jim Cornette, um, they just did some of the best tag team wrestling there's ever been. And I think it's awesome that they're they're still doing it and still coming back for this match in Black Label Pro. Um, so Independence, um, New Japan, and and the the overall world of professional wrestling, hot and tiring now, and sports entertainment because there ain't nothing bigger than the big dog Vince McMahon, and there's nothing bigger than the big dog's big dog. Yeah, Roman Reigns. Yeah, but it's it's you know it's undeniably. Um, it's it's WWE's world. We all just live in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know there's people out there that, that are, like, die hard behind just one form of pro wrestling, you know? I know there's people out there that were, like, they loved WCW so much that when that company went out of business, they just stopped watching pro wrestling. WWE's going to make it no matter what style of wrestling you like. And it's also, like, have it for you. like, look at everything we talked about this week. Like, there's so much going on. There's so much that's so good. Like, there's stuff to look forward to. And there's stuff for us to, like, puzzle out. Like, where does Jeff Hardy fit into the mix if there's 12 guys on the on the main card of SmackDown that we think can beat him? What happens next with Jeff Hardy? What happens next with Chad Gable? What happens when Jason Jordan comes back? Don't say what that. Happens, what happens in Money in the Bank? What happens when we have new Money in the Bank holders? What happens with Ronda and Nia? What happens here? You know, I mean, it's like there's so much going on and so much of it's entertaining. And there's so many guys that we just want to know, like, where do we go from here? Yeah. Does Xavier Woods get the singles push at some Biggie. point? Does TJP ever get to, to work the main roster and show off what he can do? Uh, when and where will we see Gargano, Ciampa continue to fight forever? Um, there is so much good in the world of professional wrestling. And there's so much that keeps us... You know, continuing to tune in, um, to enjoy it, yeah. and and to talk about it, and and uh, you know, continue to make our our thoughts and opinions heard on it. Absolutely, I'm so glad we have this show to do and this opportunity to like reach out to people. So glad we're now finding more and more ways for our fans to reach out to us. Yep, um, and so glad this thing's going to continue to grow. Continue like the push is not stopping for close it's to the mark. Not stopping for close to the mark. We're rolling. Yep. We're rolling. So uh, so episode five, we can call it a week. We're going to be back again next week. We'll see you next week, folks. Have a good one.